Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Agree to Disagree. I'm your host, Jack Asella. With me, as always, Noah Schwartz, Aiden Jard, and Dean Gutik. Okay, everyone, let's get started. We're going to do some NFL first-round mock draft. Would anyone like to go first? Um, well, do you want to go um, pick by pick? I don't know. Uh, if I, would, I don't. I don't know if we want to do thirty-two picks, pick by pick. What if we all all give our like top ten, up to like top five, like top five or top? Um, yeah, let's go like five each five in a row. I like that. Okay. Well, yeah. That's okay. That's that's all a good right. idea. So how about you go first, Jake? Okay. I feel like the first two. I think we can all agree on the first two. Yeah. Like, okay. We're all gonna all right. go, <laughs> Lawrence Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I will go first. I guess. All right. With the first pick, obviously, the Jacksonville Jaguars take Trevor Lawrence because they're smart and, and the Jets are stupid. And we all have that, so we can move on. Yes, we can all have that, so we can move on. With the second pick, the New York Jets select Zach Wilson. They loved him at the Combine. They loved his pro day. They had a chance to trade down. They didn't. They love this guy, and they're going to go with him. So I'm sure he'll be there for three years, and we'll take another one eventually. And we all have that, so yeah. another four for four. With third pick, the San Francisco 49ers, I'm buying into the hype. I'm going, they're taking Mac Jones. They're, they're taking Mac Jones. You don't trade up to number three unless you're taking a quarterback. Kyle Shanahan doesn't love that athletic, mobile quarterback. He likes a quarterback that's going to stay in the pocket and follow his system. That's exactly what Mac Jones could do. Any differences there? Well, can we discuss it for a second? Sure. I think it's, I think it's the pick that they're going to make, but I think it's the wrong pick. I, yeah, I was going to say I, they, should, I, I, they should go with the other quarterback, but they'll probably yes. go with this one. I know, yeah, no, we'll I agree. Get, we'll get He's more that. talented. We'll get to that. He's more talented, but he doesn't. But Shanahan, like I said, he doesn't like the mobile quarterback. He likes the guy that's going to stay in and like follow the follow the system. That, that those kind of things. Okay, with the fourth pick, the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know if this may surprise you guys. I'm going to say they go with Justin Fields. I think they're not. They're not going to pick as high as they're. They're not going to. They're probably not going to have a top five pick. They're probably going to trade back again. Yeah, Yeah, they could, but I think I'm doing it without trades. Same. Um, I don't think you're going to have an opportunity to pick this high for a quarterback again, especially in a heavy draft class. I think this is the time to take quarterback. So I'm going to go Justin Fields. I totally disagree with you. Um, What's your five? What's your five, Jack? Oh, my five Cincinnati Bengals take an icy will. Joe Burrow looks like a franchise quarterback. You got to protect him. He's generational talent. All right, All right yeah. so let's head back to four for a second. So what do you have in? Well, I, I, my three is actually different. I have I have the 49ers taking Trey Lance. Um, I think that's the best choice they have. And I just I just don't we, – we saw we saw Mac Jones' pro day. We saw how inaccurate he was. And we saw Kyle Shanahan there watching him make those terrible throws. I don't think Kyle Shanahan makes that move. Uh, and then at four, I don't have the Falcons taking a quarterback. I have them taking uh, Patrick Sertain. Um, wow. I like that. I think, I think their biggest need right now, right now, Matt Ryan is still serviceable. If they want a chance to make the playoffs again, they need to fix that defense, and Sertain will instantly do that. And then at five, I agree Panay Sewell is the best possible choice for the Bengals. That's what they should do. But this is the Bengals. I have them taking Jamar Chase, and I say that because no I say that because that's a connection that Burrow already has. That's a way of pleasing Burrow. Panisi will makes the most sense. They need that O line, 
But imagine, imagine how amazing Burrow to chase in the NFL would be. Well, I understand how, I mean, first of all, that receiving core would be great with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Sure. But I feel like the Bengals have realized that, well, at least the front office, even though they, even though Joe Burrow's pushing for it, that after last year, after Joe Burrow tore his ACL, after how many, how much he was running around, you have to protect your quarterback and you don't want another torn ACL. And yeah. I mean, it, it, you could go either way, but I just think you got to go with the one that makes the most sense. And if you want to have a bright future, you got to go with the long-term option, the best option for the long run. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. I, I have a different number four, though. I have Sewell going five, but four, I have the Falcons taking Kyle Pitts because people are saying that if not Trevor Lawrence, this is the best player in the draft, just I agree. regardless of position. And I, I did see something yesterday. Uh, Mel Kuyper on ESPN, who I, I trust more than pretty much anybody about this stuff, he said that in the 40-something years he's been doing the draft, he has graded Kyle Pitts higher than any other tight end he's ever evaluated. So that just goes to show you how talented this kid is. He's six foot six. He's going to be a matchup terror in the league. And so I think the Falcons will just take the best player available in draft. I, 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 I get what you mean there. And I don't want to, we, we don't have a ton of time, so I don't want to debate every single pick. Here's my problem with that. What team needs a tight end more than any other position? None of them. Yeah. That I agree with. And they have a solid tight end. So I see, I see him dropping a little bit more. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, should we move on six to ten? Yep. Wait, Dean, Dean, what was your three, four, five? Uh, my four was my three was Mac Jones. My four is Justin Fields, and my my five is Pinai Sewell. Okay. Okay, All so right. we have the same. So Dean and I have the same top five. Okay. All right. Now for the six to ten. Okay, with with six pick, I have the Miami Dolphins taking Jamar Chase. Dolphins are in a very good situation lately. Tua is looking like he could be very good. They're going to add another big playmaker for him. He's going to have a nice receiving core. Jamar Chase, Devontae Parker, and Mike Gusecki, Miles Gaskin, the running back. So they got a nice solid they got a nice solid offense coming together right there with Jamar Chase. With the seventh pick, the Lions I have taking Rashawn Slater. They need to get protection. They gave up 30, I think 38 sacks last year. That's way too many. And especially now you're paying for a more expensive quarterback than Jared Goff. So you need to protect the quarterback. And I think you definitely go with an offensive lineman there. Especially when their quarterbacks have been hurt pretty much the last three years. They have net, you, their starting quarterback has not been able to go like 16 games. I think you need to draft an O-line. With the eighth pick, I have the Carolina Panthers taking Kyle Pitts. I think Sam Darnold needs another weapon. They're a good young defense. They have a nice receiving core. It's all about how well can Sam Darnold perform. They get him another weapon in Kyle Pitts. With the ninth pick, I have the Denver Broncos taking Trey Lance. This may surprise people. I like Trey Lance, and especially he's in a tough division with two, with the MVP and MVP quarterback and Pat Mahomes, one of the fastest rising stars, it looks like, and Justin Herbert. You need elite quarterback play in that division if you want to win, and Drew Locke isn't going to cut it, so I think they take Trey Lance. And with the 10th pick, I have the Dallas Cowboys taking Micah Parsons. Their defense has been awful lately. Micah Parsons could be the ultimate defensive weapon he can rush. He can rush the pass there. He can play. He can play back in coverage, and he can do it all. So I like Michael Parsons. To the Wait, Cowboys. Sorry. Did you say uh, the Lions take Slater at seven? Yeah. Okay. I'm writing down all of your guys' picks so I can uh, compare them to mine. Okay. Cool. Um, so hey, what did you have? Later. 
All right. Okay. So, uh, so not actually not too different from from yours there. At six, I have the Dolphins taking Panay Sewell. Uh, and if they can manage that, just think of the craziness. If they can manage getting Panay Sewell after the whole two years they've had with Laramie Tunsil, that is Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, seven, the Lions, I have them taking Devontae Smith. Um, I think they would love to get an offensive lineman. I think you're definitely right there. That being said, uh, they also they, – they, they, did they lose Marvin Harrison? Yeah, Marvin not... Jones, you mean? Marvin sorry, Jones. Marvin Jones. Marvin sorry. Jones. Yes, he yeah. left. Yeah, and they lost Galladay. Yeah. And they lost Galladay. I knew they lost Galladay. I couldn't remember if Jones has had resigned or had signed somewhere else. Yet. But uh, new quarterback. This is a restart. That's a great young receiver to get it started. Uh, eight. I agree with you, Jack. I have the Panthers taking Pitts. Nine. Um, I do think the Broncos should probably take Justin Fields here because he's going to be available. But this is John Elway. He's taking Mac Jones. Um, and then at 10... <laughs> not, not a bad uh, prediction. At, at 10, I have the Cowboys taking J.C. Horn. Um, I, I do think Parsons is a great pick, and it very easily could go the other way. Uh, but again, a cornerback is something that they really need right now. All right, so for me, I agree. Jamar Chase at six. I believe, Jack, you had that too. Yep. Uh, they, need a, they need a receiver. Him and Will Fuller would be great together. At seven, uh, I have Detroit taking a lineman, but a different lineman. I have them taking Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. Uh, he can play guard. He can play tackle. Either way, he can fit. Uh, eight, Carolina. They also need a lineman desperately. They're going to take Rashawn Slater. He potentially could be the best one in the draft. A lot of people have him ranked in their top five. Uh, so I think Carolina gets a left tackle to protect Sam Darnold after he got no protection at the Jets. Ninth, Denver takes Justin Fields. That's an easy one. You're right, Jack. They need uh, top-level quarterback play in that tough division. And then 10, I think Dallas takes a corner. I just think it's, the diff- it's a different corner. Patrick Sertain, to me, is the best in the draft out of Alabama, and that's where he goes uh, to Dallas. Dean? Um, I got the Miami Dolphins selecting Jamar Chase at six. I agree. At number seven... We have our first trade in the mock draft. Um, I got the Washington football team trading up at number seven to select Trey Lance. Um, you know, there's been a lot of rumbling about Detroit trading back from the seventh spot. And I think this is where I think Washington will see that, hey, you know, our guy's still on the board. So I think Washington will trade up and select Trey Lance. At number eight, I got the Panthers also selecting Kyle Pitts. Um, that's going to be a great receiving core in Carolina. Number nine, I got the Broncos getting Patrick Sertan. And number 10, I get the Cowboys getting the best corner in the draft, Jace Horn. Okay. Yeah, I think we can mostly agree on some of those because we know Dallas needs defense. We know Denver needs a quarterback, like a lot of yeah. us. And, 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 yeah, three of us do. I, I, I think you'll agree, Noah, if the Falcons don't take Pitts, he, he's got to fall to the Panthers, right? Yeah. I don't know. I, I could see Detroit taking him, even though they had to have TJ Hawkins. That's true. Dan Campbell does love his tight ends. Yeah. Um, I just, to me, I feel like there's no way Carolina should pass on a lineman. They have Sam Darnold, and we know what happened to Sam Darnold with that offensive but lineman. But line wasn't awful. But they don't have right. a left tackle right now. Yeah, true. So I, I would definitely go tackle. Yeah. I, think I just realized this. I don't know how I forgot this. I, didn't, I think I left 13 off my thing, but I'll add him in here. Ugh, I don't know how I forgot that. All right, are we ready to move on to 11? 11, 11 to 15? Yeah, you want me to go? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. 
So at 11, I have the Giants taking the best linebacker in this draft in Micah Parsons. People have been saying a lot about receivers. They just signed Kenny Galladay. I don't think they need a receiver, so I didn't really buy into that at all. Uh, at 12, Philadelphia takes J.C. Horn. They don't really need a corner, but they pretty much need help across the roster, and this was just the best player available. Uh, 13, Chargers, they need more offensive line help, so Christian Darisaw, the Virginia Tech uh, left tackle, can help Justin Herbert. At 14, Minnesota needs a pass rusher. Their defense has been just decimated the last couple of years. So Gregory Rousseau out of Miami, the defensive end, he helps. And then New England, I think they take a quarterback. I had them taking Trey Lance. Uh, I think Bill Belichick seems to like him quite a bit, and we'll see if he's available at 15 or New England maybe trades up on Thursday night, but I think Trey Lance is their guy. Interesting. Go ahead, Jack. Yeah, but at the, the 11th pick, I'm going to have the Giants taking Devontae Smith. I think they're in a very good spot right now. I expect the Giants to make the playoffs this year. I think they have a very good good mix of young and veteran on defense. They have, they're making a nice offense. I think they really want Daniel Jones to succeed, and they're going to get him another weapon to help that. He's going to have Galladay, Slayton, Slayton, Shepard, and now Devontae Smith to go along with Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph plus Saquon Barkley. Very dangerous offense. I think the Giants are in a spot that can take best player available. The Philadelphia Eagles, this may surprise people, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to say, I'm going to say they take Jalen Waddle. I think they are desperate for a receiver. If you look at their receiving core, it is just absolutely awful. I can't even name a person on there, and I'm sure they will somehow mess this pick up as they messed up their previous two receiving picks. So Yeah, they took um, Arceo Whiteside. And then they and took last year, they took, they took J.J. Arceo over Justin Jefferson, and then the year before that, they took uh, – you mean over DK Metcalf? Yeah, over DK Metcalf. And last year they took Rigar over, over uh, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, what a disgrace that was. Yeah. Okay. At 13, I agree with you about the Chargers. They're going to take Christian Darisaw. Definitely need to get Justin Herbert protection. At 14, I also agree with you about the edge, but I have them taking Jalen Phillips instead. I think still from Miami though. Yeah. And I'm so, I'm sorry, but. I, to me, I just don't buy that the Patriots are going to take a quarterback until they do it. And because Belichick's trying to win, I don't think he's wasting his time with a quarterback. He's probably only coaching another two, maybe three years. I think they're going to take it. I, I think they're going to take a safety. Devin McCourty is getting up there in age. I'm going to go with Trevor Milrig. So I'm going to go because to replace Devin McCourty. Or, so, wait, who did you say? Who did you say the Eagles take? Jalen Waddle. Great. Thank you. Okay, interesting. And, and that's an interesting one with the New England thing, because I, I think they're going to take a quarterback, but I'm not sure. We'll see what Dean and Aiden have to say. Dean, all you. Um, all right, so I got the New York Giants selecting Micah Parsons. I, I agree with you, Noah. At number 12, they probably won't do this knowing them, but the Eagles get Devontae Smith. Um, the Chargers get Rashawn Slater. I believe that protection is really important for just, uh, for Justin Herbert, and they're going to get them get themselves a great offensive lineman. But Dean, you have Rashawn Slater really falling thirteenth. I haven't heard him go to thirteenth anywhere. Wow. All right. I have Christian Darisaw going to the Minnesota Vikings, and then at number fifteen, I think the Patriots select Jalen Waddle. Wait, you have the Patriots taking a receiver? Jalen Waddle. That's interesting. Well, they tried a couple of years ago, and that didn't work. Hasn't worked out at all with uh, Nikhil. And that's what they especially need now. They don't have like any true. They have solid guys, but they get Kendrick Bourne. Uh, who else? They get Aguilar. They have like solid guys. But they don't have a one. Demir so, Bird. Um, so I can see that. That's not bad. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah, I like I, I don't hate that. I mean, yeah, I I personally haven't taken the quarterback. What I got is uh, I agree. I have the Giants taking Micah Parsons and then I have Slater going at 12 to the Eagles. Um, I think that they definitely need no line rate, O line help right now. But they need everything. They need everything. So now here's what the Eagles will do. They'll rely on that Andre Dillard kid they took a couple of years ago in the first round, and then their other tackle spot, they'll just re-sign Jason Peters, because why not? It's like, let's just they'll, sign they'll, him at 45 years old. Like, they'll, yeah, sign, yeah. they'll sign Will Gladney to be their center. Right. Yeah. They, I have the Chargers. They have no one to throw the ball to. They have no protection. They, they need everything. They're just in the horrible spot. I, I have the Chargers taking uh, Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, I, I see him still being on the board. And then right after that, I have the Vikings taking Darisaw. So I have three O-linemen going right in a row. <laughs> uh, and then at 15, I agree, I have the quarterback, uh, the Pats taking a quarterback, and it's got to be the best one on the board, Justin Fields. Okay. Very nice. That New England pick is fast. So you have Justin Fields dropping at 15? I do, because I don't see any team outside of the top three uh, needing a quarterback so much that they're going to trade up to it. So your quarterback, wait, so Aiden, your quarterback order was Lawrence, Wilson, uh, Lance, Mac Jones, and then Fields? Yes. That's okay, not how we think they're going to end up being. I, I definitely think Fields is going to be the second or third best out of those quarterbacks. Okay. But I just, I just see that, that how, that's how it's fallen. Okay. Uh, ready to keep going? Uh, want yeah, to, want sure. to go? So, yeah, Aiden, go 16 to 20. All right. Uh, at 16, the Cardinals, I have them taking Greg Newsom. Uh, cornerback at a Northwestern. I think that that defense needs some help. Patrick Peterson has not been what he has, you know, what, what he was three years ago. Uh, and really that's, that's the part of their team that needs the most help. I'd say uh, at 17, I have the Raiders uh, bolstering their edge and getting Aziz Ojulari. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yep. Aziz uh, 18. I have the Dolphins. Uh, finally getting their receiver. I have them taking Jalen Waddell. Uh, 19, I have Washington taking Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Uh, and then at 20, I have the Bears taking Rashad Bateman. Okay, interesting. Uh, okay, um, I'll go. I'm adapting a little bit here because, like I said, I made one mistake. I left out Patrick. Uh, Patrick so... I originally had, so I'm going to have the Cardinals take Patrick, Patrick, Patrick certain. I originally had them taking JC Horn, but I realized I made my mistake. So the Cardinals will get Patrick to replace Patrick. That's funny to replace Patrick Peterson. So he'll be in their next corner with the Raiders. I have them taking Elijah Vera Tucker. They need to go a little bit younger on that O-line incognito is getting up there in age. This guy can play guard. He can play tackle. I think it's a good fit for the Raiders. At pick 18, I have the Miami Dolphins going edge. I think they're going to take, I don't think this is Isaiah, Aziz Ajulari. They need an edge rusher. How do you say it? Ajulari. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're going to take him. They need help on that edge rush. Their defense, still young, very good. They did lose a couple pieces, mainly Kyle, Kyle Van Noy, but I think they need to enhance that defensive line a little bit, especially to, you want to be. So I like that. I like that pick. With the 19th pick, I have the Washington football team taking Kyle Trask. They need a quarterback. Obviously, we know they have a very good offense. You could argue they're a quarterback away. 
This is a guy who can come in. He doesn't have to start right away. You have Fitzpatrick. You can learn for him. You can see you see what Fitzpatrick was doing for Tua. I think he can do the same thing for the football team. So I like Kyle Trask to the Washington football team. Before we keep going, let me. I just want to throw this out to you guys. So Kyle Trask was on, was almost the Heisman winner this year, and he kind of fell out of the first round conversation. Do you think that's a reach? Because I don't think Kyle Trask is a first round quarterback. I originally had him going to the Saints after there was a bunch of news that the Saints really liked him. Uh, but they've also recently said they, you know, they're not going to emphasize the quarterback selection this year. I, I, I can see it happening. I think he might end up being a first round talent, but he's going to be on the board in the second round. And I, I, I think he's more of a second round guy. I don't see a team reaching, uh, you know, midway through the first round when they can easily get him later. At the very least, like trade down to 32 and get something out of it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think I think they're in a good spot. I think they can make the risk. They're going to be good this year, I think, even with Fitzpatrick. So. Well, they do have a good defense, a good receiving exactly. they there. So like we'll they see. need to get a quarterback. I think this is a good time. All right, and the 20, I'm now going to have the Chicago Bears taking J.C. Horn to replace Kyle Fuller. They need another quarterback, and I think that's the – should be the priority. Okay. Uh, for me, uh, Arizona at 16, they don't need to do this, but of course, you know, with that offense and the way they emphasize the passing game, they're going to take Devonte Smith, just best player available. That's around at that time. You Arizona taking? Yeah. I just, I just feel like, the I feel like the best comparison in the pros for Devonte Smith is Larry Fitzgerald. they got, they really remind me of each other and to step in and potentially replace Larry Fitzgerald would be pretty cool for me to see Devonte Smith do that. That's interesting. Uh, at 17, Jalen Collins to the Raiders. They need help on the edge rush. Miami, they also go edge rusher. They take Quiddy Pay from Michigan. At 19, I think the Washington football team will actually trade up in this draft, if you ask me just to do it with trades, but I'm not doing it with trades. So I think they just take Jalen Waddell. Uh, they could use a speedster wide receiver to go along with Terry McLaurin uh, and to go along with Curtis Samuel, and he's just the best player that's around at that point. And then at 20, the Bears need offensive line help. Clearly, Andy Dalton isn't very mobile, and if he's going to be their number one quarter, uh, quarterback, they need help on the O-line, so they're going to take Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State, the offensive tackle. Right. Dean. Wait, um, sorry, sorry. Who, who did you have the Dolphins taking? I'm sorry, I missed that one. Quiddy Pay from Michigan. The uh, defensive end. Yeah. Dean. Um, I got the Arizona Cardinals selecting Elijah Vera Tucker. Give, why not give Kyler Murray more protection? I got the Raiders selecting Jeremiah Owosu Koromora out of uh, Notre Dame. I have the Dolphins selecting Aziz Ojolari from Georgia. Um, with the 19th pick, I have the Detroit Lions uh, did the trade earlier. I have the Detroit Lions selecting Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. And I have Chicago getting Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. Okay. Interesting. Okay, um, now we're up to 21-25. Yeah, Dean, you want to go first? Of course. Uh, with the 21st pick, I have the Colts getting um, – uh, this is going back-to-back offensive lineman, Samuel Cosme. Uh, after Anthony Castronzo is, is – is that how you say his name? Yeah, Anthony Castronzo, yeah, the tackle. Castronzo. I think after him retiring, the Colts are going to need an offensive lineman and need an offensive tackle, and I think Cosme will fill the slot. Um at number 22, I have the Titans selecting, personally, one of my favorite players in this class, Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. 
Um, I have a jet. I have the New York Jets with their 23rd pick, selecting Greg Newsome out of Northwestern. I got the Pittsburgh Steelers getting Najee Harris, which will be the first running back taken off the board. And well, this is to 25, right? Yeah, 25. Yeah. At 25, I have the Jaguars selecting Trayvon Morig, safety out of TCU. Okay. All right. I'll go. With the 21st pick now, I will have the Indianapolis Colts. This may surprise people, but I'm going to have them going Greg Newsome. I think the last couple seasons, they've done a good job, especially drafting. They've gone defense a lot early in the draft, and I think they're going to continue that. I do. I don't know if, I, I necessarily, um, Dean, who'd you have them taking? Who'd you have the Colts taking? Cosme. Yeah, I think he's good, but I don't feel – I feel like – it's just not worth it at that spot. I feel like you can get, there's some, still some good corners on there, especially young corners. You want to build a young defense. The Colts are smart. Ballard's a good GM. I think he could find something better later, possibly. I don't know. But I like Greg Newsome going to the Colts. Um, the Tennessee Titans, I think they're going to go Caleb Farley. They are in desperate need of cornerback help. That secondary was – and that entire defense was just awful last year. And they lost to Dory Jackson. Who was yeah, they, probably the best exactly. Corner. Yep, the, Dory, the last two years and they lost Malcolm their Butler, best Malcolm Butler, did he get released? Yep, yeah. they lost They lost the three starters. They lost Logan Ryan, Dory Jackson, and Malcolm Butler. So they desperately need a cornerback, and I think now they're going to go with Caleb Farley. With the New York Jets at the 23rd pick, this may surprise you guys. I think I told this to Dean. I think they're going to go O-line. I think they're going to go Creed Humphrey center. I think they need to get, especially now you're drafting a quarterback with the number two overall pick. You need to protect him. I think you get another offensive lineman to continue the offensive line rebuild. Creed Humphrey's a big, strong guy. and He could be the commander on that offensive line in the middle. So I like Creed Humphrey to the Jets. I agree with Dean at 24. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers taking Najee Harris. He fits exactly what the Steelers are all about. Downhill, hard running. I think that's a perfect fit. And the 25th pick, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Rashad Bateman to help Trevor Lawrence get him another weapon. Okay. Uh, at 21 for me, I have the Colts taking Aziz Ojolare out of Georgia. Best player available for the Colts. They're a great team. Should be one of the most talented rosters in the league. Uh, at 22, Tennessee needs to replace Corey Davis because we've never seen A.J. Brown go at it alone. They take Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. Wide yeah, receiver. I, I debated that. Uh, 23, I wish I could say the Jets were going to go offensive line, but I just think they're not going to do it. Uh, I think they're confident or relatively confident in the group they have, which I don't agree with at all, but whatever. Um, other, you know, they would have they would have addressed the offensive line in the free agency period if they really thought they needed help there, and they're not going to just wait till the draft and just draft a, a tackle at 23. I feel like they would have done something already. They didn't, and now they're just going to take Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech, uh, the corner. Uh, at 24, Najee Harris, I'm totally in agreement with you guys. And then at 25, I have a different wide receiver than you, Jack. Kadarius Tony out of Florida, one of my favorite players in college to watch last year, and I think he's going to be a stud as a little slot receiver in the NFL. Oh, I'm not surprised you those Florida players. Right, sorry, say that last, those last, uh, that last one one more time. Kadarius Tony, Florida wide receiver. Tony. Got it. Okay, cool. I love that for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> uh, at 21, I have – I, I, I do think it's pretty likely that they do go defense, uh, but I have the Colts going with Elijah Moore, the receiver out of Ole Miss. Uh, I think it could their their weakest part their weakest part last year was probably their receiving. It just wasn't consistent, and their defense was great. I don't think they need to add to it, honestly. Um, 
The Titans, I agree with you, Jack. I have them going with Caleb Farley. Um, I originally had them going O-line, but I, I figured that it, their defense their defense really just needed more help. Yeah. I think um, Tennessee is one of the most hard-hit teams this year, losing players yeah. due to releases and free agency. They have a lot of needs, and they're a playoff-caliber team, but to me, they're significantly worse than they were at the end of the season. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I still expect them to make the playoffs. Their division isn't deep outside of Indy now. So, I mean, I don't trust – Houston Texans are a mess, and I don't think Jacksonville's ready. No. I, I don't trust and then I, I I have the Jets. I again I, I wanted the Jets to take Etienne here. That's what I originally had. Um, but I've switched it around. I think they're gonna take Tevin Jenkins, best of available O lineman, and they, they desperately need it. Uh the Steelers, I agree. I have them going Najee Harris. And then at 25, I have I have the Jags taking um a cornerback from Syracuse. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, Efitu uh, Melifonwu. Yeah, Melifonwu. His brother's in the yeah, league. Melifonwu. Obi Melifonwu. Was, he was driving. Oh, the okay. I think I know who you're talking about. But yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have them going to the Jags. I do think it's pretty likely that they take a receiver there. But I have most of the receivers already off the board at that point. Uh, I can see him getting a good one in the second round. And again, that defense. Yeah. Who'd you, wait, who'd you have a 25 uh, in? Melifonwu. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay. All right, I'll go first here. I'll just go 26-32. Okay. With the 26 pick, I have the Cleveland Browns going Jeremiah Owusu-Korama. They need to up, they need to upgrade at that linebacker spot, and he can definitely help. And I like he's a good fit for Cleveland, what they're trying to build. Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett. I like that fit. So I'm going to go with Owusu-Korama. With the 27th pick, I have the Baltimore Ravens getting Elijah Moore. They are desperate for a receiver. And they, I think it, I would be stunned if they do not draft a wide receiver in this first round. So I'm going to go with them taking Elijah Moore. He's a good guy. He can play at the slot. He can also play downfield. He's very versatile. And I think the Ravens desperately need that. Um, with the 28th pick, I have the New Orleans Saints taking Zaven Collins linebacker to bolster their defense. Demario Davis getting up there in age, still very productive, but I don't think he can do it forever. So you need some help there. So I definitely like that. Okay, with the 29th pick, the Green Bay Packers select KJ Costello. They're going to take another quarterback because... Thanks for stealing my idea. Because they absolutely, they absolutely hate you. (laughs) They, yeah, I have that's taking, good that's good i have them taking davis mills out of stanford the quarterback so i'm i, I jack stole my idea i told him about it the other day i told you to t- <laughs> no i said that i wanted to take a quarterback again and you were like all right take a random guy so i was like okay but that was the only pick that jack and i share with each other so he has to take kj costello and i am taking yes davis mills out of stanford because you know they do need to upgrade its scout team you know they do need yeah. a, a, someone to to play the opposing quarterback every week and jordan love just wasn't cutting it <laughs> Absolutely. I <laughs> know uh, for real. For real, I have the Green Bay Packers taking Kadarius Tony, wide receiver. He's a perfect. I think he's the absolute perfect fit alongside Devontae Adams. He's a Swiss Army knife. He can do inside. He can do out. He's a, he can be a gadget guy. He can do so many things for you. I think he's a perfect fit in Green Bay. With the thirtieth pick, I have Dean's Buffalo Bills taking Christian Be- Christian. Bar, Christian Barmore. Barmore. 
Yeah, if they continue to bolster that D-line, that's their, they, they're all about defense. Josh Allen, I think, is at a point where he can elevate players. So I just I don't really think they need to go receiver. And I like Christian Barmore, Jerry Hughes, or Hughes is getting up there in age. What is he now, 34, 35? So he's not going to be there forever. You need to upgrade that spot. So I like that for the Buffalo Bills. The Kansas City Chiefs, I have them taking Tevin Jenkins. They just, they, yeah, they signed Joe Thune, but they did lose Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz. So their tackle spot is very, very weak right now. They need help there desperately. Uh, I think Tevin Jenkins right there is a perfect fit. And then finally with the Buccaneers, I'm going to have them taking Alex Leatherwood. They need to go younger on the O-line and it can't hurt to get Brady extra protection. So that should be their highest priority. So that is my 2021 NFL draft. Okay. I guess I'll follow you up, Jack. Uh, 26, we agree. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, Notre Dame linebacker. He's definitely the best fit uh, for what the Browns need to uh, improve at. 27, Terrence Marshall to the Ravens, wide receiver LSU. Uh, I think he's kind of gone under the radar with LSU struggling last year, but when Joe Burrow was there, he was a superstar, and I think he could, he could definitely succeed at the NFL level. Yep. 28, Christian Barmore, one of my favorite players in college last year, the Bama defensive tackle. Uh, 29, I said Davis Mills should be the absolute pick out of Stanford, but if they don't do him, if they don't pick him, it'll be Rondell Moore, the Purdue receiver. At 30, Greg Newsome to the Bills, uh, Dean. I think they need uh, some corner help uh, outside for Davius White. And I like Greg Newsome. I kind of thought the Jets might uh, decide to draft Jets. 30? Yeah. I think because I like Caleb Farley a little bit more, but uh, that's one of the potential options for the Jets. 31, Alex Leatherwood to the Chiefs. They need a tackle. He's the guy. 32, best player available for the Bucs. And I think this is their weakest part of their team is their pass defense. They have some corner talent but i think it was one of the weaker parts that we saw from them last year and it was definitely an uncertainty for them going into the playoffs so they're going to take asante samuel yeah, jr gonna, yeah um, asante samuel is a great corner in the nfl and his son out of florida state uh, i think has a chance yeah. to be really talented so yeah he'll go to the bucks yeah it'd be funny both the, some of the best corners from the 2000s era antoine winfield and asante samuel you have their sons both playing mm-hmm. together right so nice and who do you sorry who did you have the uh packers taking rondale moore Purdue wide receiver. If they don't go quarterback, as I said, or running back, right. know. maybe they go ETN yeah, yeah. to back up Dylan, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and Aaron Jones. Dean did not find that funny at all. You, you, you guys, you're, you're ridiculous. First Jordan Robinson, <laughs> the Greg Newsom pick. Are you kidding me? We have Levi Wallace and Trey White. Are you kidding me? I no, said, they need defensive help, Dean. I said the D-line. They need the front seven more than anything else. They drafted A.J. Panessa last year. I, I, I think their D-line is fine. I, I heavily disagree. But Okay. I mean, you're the well, They're so. in a situation they could take best player available, honestly. That's true. They uh, or, yeah. Um, I number like two, at number 26, I have the Cleveland Browns getting Z- my, one of my favorite players in this class, Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa. Uh, I have the Baltimore Ravens getting Quiddy Pay. Baltimore Ravens. Number 28, I have the Saints set getting my man Caleb Fairley. At number 29, I have the Packers. I agree with you with this one, Jack. Getting Kadarius Toney. Uh, they'll probably go with David Mills or KJ Costello, but they'll go with Kadarius yeah. Toney on this one. <laughs> Dean, I know, number- I know you're a fan of um, of the guy from Texas A&M. What's it? Uh, his- no, Kellen Mond. Mond. Kellen Mond, yes, Kellen Mond. 
At number 30, I agree with Jack again. I have the Bills getting Christian Barmore. At number 31, I have the Chiefs getting Jalen Mayfield, uh, offensive tackle. And number two, I go Bucks with, I, mean, I think Bucks go corner here, but I'm going to go with Tyson Campbell out of Georgia. Okay. That was the other option I was thinking about. Yeah, I was between Leatherwood and Sample. And sorry, Dean, I missed I missed your 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 Bills and Chiefs pick. Could you just give this to me again? Bills select Christian Barmore, the defensive tackle from Bama, because they need a defensive tackle. The Chiefs, I get get uh, Jalen Mayfield, the offensive tackle. Got it. Thank you. All right. Well, my last couple picks. I have the Browns um, taking. Uh, I think it's Jamin Davis uh, out of Kentucky. Um, I, I, I think he's a linebacker. Yeah. I think they need a linebacker more than anything else right now. Um, I have the Ravens. I have the Ravens taking Rondale Moore. Actually. I agree. They definitely need a wide receiver and he is fast. He fits that system perfectly. He just kind of runs out there and grabs whatever they need him to grab. Uh, the saints, I have them taking Zayvon Collins I've seen basically every, I feel like that's one of those picks that's just kind of a lock. Every single draft, has, mock draft has the Saints taking him there. Um, the Packers, I got them. I agree. Go in Kadarius Toney. Uh, the Bills, I also agree with uh, Dean and Jack, Christian Barmore. Barmore. Uh, and then, uh, no, I agree with you. I think the Chiefs are going to take Leatherwood. Uh, they need they need an O-lineman, but then I think the Bucks are also going to take an O-lineman. I think they're going to take uh, Cosme, Samuel Cosme. Okay. And so, yeah. There you have it. There, we, a there we have it. So we have some interesting picks. We have some interesting takes. I believe, uh, was I the only one who said all six quarterbacks are going in the first? Yes. Yeah, if you, you include Trask. Yep, yes. I included Trask, yeah. And I think the only picks that we fully, all of us agreed on four for four was Lawrence, Wilson, Harris. and I believe... Najee. Najee Harris. I think they were the only three. Yeah. We all agree on Barmore? I think we all No, I, I have him going no, no, to no. the Saints. Yeah. That's yeah. Saints like their interior line uh, lineman off under the deep. It's all Ruiz last year. Grub Barmore this year, we'll see. Yeah. Well that was it. But was I think I think those are the only three fun. picks we fully agreed on, on four for four. And then I think we were three for four on the Kadarius Tony selection. Uh, I think uh, the Mac Jones selection, Panai Sewell selection, Jamar oh, Chase. I think we were pretty close on those, but uh, a lot of disagreements between us, which is interesting, but we'll see how it all plays out on Thursday night, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, we still have time, right? We still have a little bit of time, yep. Yeah, all right. So for a little bit, I guess uh, we, uh, we'll talk about uh, Terrence Clark. Well, obviously, truly a horrible, horrible passing. Terrence Clark played a season at Kentucky. He only played, I believe, eight games in those games. He averaged about 10 points, three boards, three assists. But he was a special talent. He looked like he was going to go – towards the NBA and yesterday he was at a workout with BJ Boston and they were driving, I think they were driving home or they were driving somewhere. They were both, uh, Boston was behind in the car behind him and Terrence Clark unfortunately lost his life in such a tragedy. I believe you told me his mom saw him, right? Yeah, I read that his mom was there in the hospital, but um, yeah, just, but yeah, t- just a terrible, I mean, terrible tragedy. Thank- thankfully, Thankfully, Boston was okay. I mean, I think there were a lot of reports saying both of them had died. Yeah, there, there were. Um, but the thing is, Aiden, like, we, again, we know he's alive, but, you know, is his future in the NBA done? Like, again, that's like kind of like a secondary issue, but yeah. there are definitely questions that will have to be answered as the next 
couple weeks and months go along. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. I'll say I, I watched a little bit of Terrence Clark in the few games he played at Kentucky last year. Uh, he was going to be a first-round NBA pick, I think. He didn't – again, Jack said he didn't play a lot, but he was a five-star coming to Kentucky. He had a lot of hype. And the one yeah, thing I'll he, say about this – He went to high that, school about 15 minutes away from me. Right, he's, yeah, he's a Boston kid, right? Yep. Yeah, he went, he went to high school uh, – the River School in Weston, which was 15 minutes away from my high school, yeah. Um, the one thing I'll really say about this, and this just, this just speaks to the culture of basketball today is the amount of tributes that you saw on social media and just what people were saying about Terrence Clark was really inspiring. Like if you, you can go to LeBron's Instagram, he had something posted about it. Uh, LeBron's son, Bronny, you could go to a lot of different high school players, whether it was Shaq's kids or, um, you know, Amoni Bates, or there were current college players or Kentucky former former and current Kentucky players or NBA guys, like the whole basketball culture from the high school level all the way up to the pros, you can just tell how tight knit it is and how much of a family they all consider the players to be. And um, this was a tragic loss yesterday for not just college basketball, but for the NBA and for all the people that knew and apparently loved Terrence Clark because I didn't hear a bad thing about him. He seemed like a great guy from what, what, what we had heard. So just awful. And you know, we'll have to see how this all plays out towards the draft. I bet they're going to do some sort of tribute for Terrence Clark. For sure, for sure. But, yeah, just so sad to see a kid's dreams come so short like that after he was right there. I mean, he was right towards the NBA, and now it's done. And and not to mention he signed with Clutch Sports, I believe, yesterday, uh, the day before yesterday, a couple of days ago. Um, he was one of the top prospects. And, and I, a lot besides, you know, besides the issue thing with the, you know, his future, I feel bad for BJ Boston too, you know, because Terrence Clark was his A1 day one. Terrence Clark, the Terrence Clark was his, was a close friend to him. And now it's, you know, for BJ Boston, it's like, you know, where do you go from here? What's going to happen? How, you know, how's it going to be without your main guy? But it's tragic. It's gone too soon. And I mean, kid had a future like so he was a top prospect he signed with clutch sports the other night and this happens you can't you can't you can't predict life that's no you no. cannot and it just it was just terrible like i saw some of the tributes put out there even the one by john calipari his college coach and it was just it was so eye-opening to see how many people really love this kid yeah and players and coaches and family and friends like the the widespread support was just you could tell how much he was appreciated and that was what really meant the most to me but I have to say and I said this to Jack last night and I'll say it here it made me kind of go back to the Kobe Bryant situation like it just reminded me so closely of it now again Kobe was an NBA legend this kid had get to get to the league but just the 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 feeling inside I had after knowing that he was gone and knowing that he was going to be in the league and that he was going to be a first-round pick and had, had seen him a little bit playing uh, collegiately, your stomach just, like, sinks for the kid. You just – you feel so shocked, and it's heartbreaking. And I, I felt the same way or very similar way that I did back last January when we found out about Kobe Bryant. It was a really terrible feeling I had inside last night, and I, I didn't sleep well because of it. I was drink- – it was in my dreams yesterday. Like, it was, it was rough, I have to say. So, you know, what, what else can you say? Okay, um, I believe we still have a little bit of time, so we'll also talk some soccer. We don't talk about soccer a lot, but some big news has been happening in the last couple of weeks. There, 
with the news of a formation of a super league happening. And then of course, everyone complaining about it. Nobody, most people, including Dean, Dean, their soccer guy was not very happy about it. And now it looks like that league is going to be suspended. So Dean, what are your thoughts on the whole situation? And do you think they made the right decision? Thank God. You know, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Don't show how you feel goodness gracious good golly miss molly that's how i feel right now first of all the super league was a terrible idea it was a horrible idea it was a disgrace to soccer and a disgrace to fans since day one you know the super league would have been like the college football playoff but worse um it would have been bad for the leagues it's you know it's you know it hurts the game and Pep Guardiola, Man City manager said it best. If you're going to get 20 teams and there's no relegation, um, Aiden, I'm sure you know about relegation in like the Premier League. If you finish last, you get demoted to the Division Two. In the Super League, there would have been 20 teams. And if you finish last place, you don't get demoted. You don't get punished. Instead, you know, you get a spot in the Super League or Champions League. And, you know, what's the point of what's the point of a league with no competition, with no morale, with no something to go after? And I feel like if if you could finish 20th place in the Super League and not get, you know, demoted or relegated because of it, why even bother having a competition? It's the small clubs like Ajax and Porto that I mentioned that, you know, make the Champions League fun, that add parity. It's a sport where it's like hockey, where even the weakest could beat the strongest. It's where a small club can make a Cinderella look, a run. The Super League doesn't have any of that and the super league is a terrible idea for parity it's a terrible idea for the game it's a terrible idea for the leagues it's a terrible idea for these small clubs it's it's not soccer and there's no competition so so let let me wait 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 wait. i have something because i think i know what you're going to say i think i know exactly what you're going to say um i'm a casual soccer fan like i'm not super into it at all i just started getting into it but uh my personal opinion the current format is terrible. I think it's stupid. Totally agree. It's confusing. And it's, it's only there because it's been there for 150 years. It's only there because these teams uh, are, are so set into the tradition. And I respect that. I do. I'm not going to say they should change it. I just don't think it's a good format. Uh, the, the Champions League makes no sense. Relegation makes no sense. It shouldn't be a thing in professional sports. That's my opinion. But soccer does it. That's their thing. Whatever. Have at it. And this is not American and sports. This is European culture. You I know. It. I know. I know. And I'm saying from my perspective, it's stupid. But I respect it. And I'm, I'm not going to say I think they should change it because it is, at the end of the day, like you said, part of soccer. You know, it would be like, what if the NFL introduced re- uh, relegation? That would make no sense. That would be just as stupid because it's not part of the sport. Um, I do think that a form of the Super League is a good idea. A form of it um, where they revise the rules and have more options for smaller clubs to come in could be a good thing for the sport of soccer. And here's the most important part at expanding the market of soccer, because it is so difficult for somebody that is not really into soccer to get into it because it's so difficult to understand the format of the seasons of relegation uh, of, and of promotion. 
And it's really, really hard for everybody to understand that. And here's my opinion. Yes, every once in a while, you get a Leicester City winning the league. You get a small team, you know, with this Cinderella story to make it to the Champions League. Great. Is it worth it? No, because every single year, the Champions League is going to be made up of most likely, you know, Chelsea, Liverpool, recently at least, Man U, Man City, uh, Arsenal, probably, you know, those big five teams, Tottenham, of of those six teams, uh, you are probably going to see three or four of them in the Champions League every single year. And once in a while, you're going to get a little team to make it up there. And that's, but, but, but that's not worth it. It's not worth the, the entire format of the league just because once in a while you're going to get a Cinderella story. And that's my opinion on it. That being said, I am glad the Super League is not happening. I think it was a cash grab. Uh, and I think it was very poorly planned out. But I can see a way that a league like that could work in the future. Okay. Hmm. I want to respond to what Aiden said. Uh, the one word that you used there that really stood out to me, Aiden, was the word confusing. Because I like international soccer. Like I watch, I like the World Cup. I, you know, I watch that kind of thing. But when it comes to like the regular teams, like the Man, Man City, Man U, Barcelona, whatever, I, I don't understand like who plays who, how the season gets formatted. I, it makes no sense to me. So this whole thing actually seemed like a pretty great idea when I first heard about it. Because it seemed like you put all the best teams together and everybody would play everybody and then that would work, right? Like, to me, that seems like a great idea. And the way I kind of had it in my head was like, well, what, what would happen, you know, if the if the world champion Dodgers got to play some AAA team and then, you know, the awful Pittsburgh Pirates got sent down to the minor leagues? Like, that would make no sense. You would, that would never happen. I know that's what happens in, in European soccer. So I thought this was a good idea. Now, once I read more about it, I understood that, you know, it kind of hurt the, the smaller clubs and whatever. But at the end of the day, something like this should happen because if you're going to tr- try and draw in more fans and sort of build an international, um, an know, audience outside of Europe, especially Americans, especially you, you've got to change this, this, this whole way that the whole European soccer culture is built up. Um, and I, I understand, I don't know a lot about it, but I, I would say that this, was leading on to something that could actually work into the future because it's just too confusing and there's too much change that goes on from season to season, the way that it typically goes. I can, that's, that's what I'll say about it. That's really all I know, but um, I, I can say that with pretty much hundred percent certainty. I, I, yeah, at the end of the day, I am very glad that they're not going forward with it. I think it was a poorly planned out thing. And yeah, like you said, this would it would hurt the smaller clubs money wise because it ruins the, you know, the sanctity or whatever, the eliteness of the, you know, of the premier league of the champions league of the, I don't remember the names for the other countries, but of the, their leagues too. Um, so it, it, it did end up, I do agree that it would end up hurting those, uh, those smaller teams, but I do think it brought up the point of, you know, maybe this format that we've had for a couple hundred years isn't necessarily the way to go forward. Nope. Well, Dean, would you, do you want them to make any changes or you want them to just leave it the way that it's going? You got First of all, all right. Let me, if you want me to be honest with you, you know, a real soccer fan here, um, I do believe in the future some changes should, should come along, but not right now, at least. I do believe some things like 
well, maybe not a super league or this type of stuff will come up, but I do believe in the future changes will happen in a format. Maybe a change to the format is due, but not right now. You know, soccer soccer's had a historic tradition that, you know, should be embraced. And Aiden, you mentioned this hurting the small clubs. You know what it also hurts? The money sharing. If you put the small clubs with these big clubs, you, it's like baseball and soccer. The big market bullies the little market. And if you're going to put the big clubs with the small clubs in the Super League, the money sharing is going to be a huge problem. And this, but the big clubs are going to abuse that power. And, you know, I know you, you say, you know, what's the point of making the Champions League? You know, some for some clubs that have never made it, it's a huge deal for them. It's a no, huge deal. No, no, I know, I know that. You know, clubs like, Dinamo Zagreb or Ajax, you know, Ajax years ago who had a semifinals run that no one expected. That was a huge step for them. That was, it was fun watching that team. Okay, but, but, but every 20 years, that's going to happen. Once every 20 years, you're going to get a Cinderella. Last year, it was Leipzig and Lyon. The year before it was Ajax. Last year, even when Leicester won the the Premier League, they made it far in the Champions League. You're going to get these teams that make miracle runs. What is soccer without parity? You know, it's soccer is a sport where the weakest could beat the strongest, where you could be the weakest club and you could still find a way to beat the big boys. But Dean, you, know, you can have parity and make, parity. It, make it make sense. Like in college basketball, there's parity, but it makes it's, sense. First, first of all, of all if it is, everybody wins their conference, you go to the tournament, you win in the tournament. That makes a lot of sense. This doesn't. See, it, this it, is it does make sense. It does make sense when you take the time to look into it, but it is very it is very, very, very difficult for a casual fan of soccer to exist. Right. That's that's like me. And I, I like the World Cup, so I actually would like to watch more of and it. I think, I, think, I think a simpler format would benefit soccer, mostly in America, sure, but, you know, just outside of Europe where these leagues don't really exist. Yeah, well, we can all agree. Soccer and just sports in general it used to be super teams. Now it's the formation of super leagues are coming, so... <laughs> Who knows where we go from here? All righty, we're gonna wrap up here with some winners and losers. Uh, I believe I think Noah and Dean. Do you guys want to be winners this week? Sure. Uh, I had I had a loser in my okay, mind. Okay, yeah. okay. Just give a winner. Or go for it. I'll, I'll I I have a winner. So okay, okay. I'll, I'll start. Uh, my winner is the uh, LA Lakers last night. Got Anthony Davis back. Uh, obviously he didn't play very well. He scored like four points, but the fact that he's back is just a tremendous addition. Championship level player won the title last year. We know how important he is. LeBron's on the way. And when it seems like everybody else in the league is sort of falling off a cliff, mostly due to injuries, the Lakers are getting healthy, getting ready to make a playoff run again. And that is definitely a good sign. Uh, if you root for the Los Angeles Lakers, because like I said, everybody else, I mean, Kawhi Leonard's now hurt. Donovan Mitchell's now hurt. Trey Young's now hurt. Jamal Murray's hurt. Golden State have had they've had injuries. James Wiseman, like almost every other contender out there. Ben Simmons has been out. The Nets have injuries. Hey, every other contender okay. has some sort of a problem. And the Lakers now have are LeBron James away from being basically fully healthy. So that's definitely a good sign. All right, Dean, you have a loser. Uh, two losers. My first one is Noah Schwartz for the ridiculous takes and just like hey. that. I mean. I get the Lakers because they get AD back, but you lost last night and AD didn't play. Oh, he played 10 minutes. What does it matter? Whatever. My first loser is Noah Schwartz for ridiculous takes. My second one is Ben <laughs> Aspirin for losing to Jake Paul. Um, oh, my God. That, was, that was, first of all, let me be clear with Jake you. Jake Paul needs to start fighting some real fighters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, I want Jake Paul. 
Oh, I want Jake Paul to start fighting someone real besides a retired fighter, a YouTuber, and then a basketball player. Um, Floyd Mayweather is going to kick his butt, let me tell you. Logan Paul. Floyd Mayweather is going to kill him in what? five seconds. Oh, no, is it Logan Paul or Jake Paul that's fighting Floyd Mayweather? Logan Paul's fighting Floyd Mayweather. Oh, okay, it doesn't okay. matter. They're, either of them are going to die. Yeah, it's yeah, Floyd exactly. freaking yeah, Mayweather. I agree. The greatest monster of our generation. Let me, let me tell you something. When I say that pay-per-view suck... It absolutely stunk, and the Jake, the Ben Askren, Jake Paul fight didn't make it any better. It actually added salt to the wound and made it a lot worse. Um, I want Jake Paul to start fighting someone like apparently it's called out Canelo Alvarez or Nate Diaz, which uh, <laughs> yeah, fun. <laughs> How about getting your butt kicked for fifteen minutes? Like, I, I do not understand this whole like everyone wants to fight everyone sort of boxing is there. at an all time low right now. It's so and- like get a it's real so fight. Like, get this is why the UFC is much better. Pacquiao versus Pacquiao versus Mayweather. Like, that's what people want to see. Now they're like having like celebrities like come in and fight. Like, nobody wants that. I want Jake Paul to fight a real boxer. Logan Paul. At least I got to give him credit for taking a flight with Floyd. Someone that will at least take on a real boxer. You don't deserve credit for for getting creamed. Like you don't deserve. Why would no, you? No, I agree. Him? I agree with Dean here. Stop right there. I obviously I know he's gonna lose, and it's my goodness. I know he's going to lose to Floyd Mayweather. It's I'm not saying it's you know it's impossible, but I'm just saying at least it's someone that's going to go fight a boxer, unlike the other one who's going to fight a retired MMA fighter who's only been known to be a wrestler who had hip surgery not too long yeah. ago, a YouTuber, uh, comedy, uh, I think it was comedy, and, and a retired NBA basketball, and then a retired NBA player Nate Robinson who has, I believe, no boxing experience. So there's that. Yeah. All but, right. So I will give my winner real quick. Yeah, Sam. Uh, my my winner is uh, it's it's kind of, you. It might be a loser too, but NFL, the NFL, they passed a great rule changing the jersey number restrictions. Jersey number restrictions haven't made sense since the seventies. Um, you know, now that we have all this technology, and you know, players' names are plastered in big bold font behind them, we don't need to restrict jersey numbers to positions. It was a nice little, you know, nod to the past and piece of tradition that I did like, uh, but it makes it so much simpler now to just say, basically anybody can get any number. I love to see that. Uh, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun to see, uh, you know, we're gonna get to see running backs and receivers and even cornerbacks and linebackers be single digits. That's gonna be fun. Players can actually bring their numbers over from college, which is gonna be fun. Um, it and, just looks you know, wrong to me though. I just, I wouldn't like that. I'm just because I'm not used to it. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's going to take a couple seasons backs. to get used to. But at the same time, I will say that kind of goes hand in hand with a loser. The NFL fans, a lot of fans could be getting screwed this year. Their favorite, uh, their favorite player could be changing jersey numbers. So a lot of jerseys. They've got to make obsolete. an exchange program for that. But the NFL and Dick Sporting goes and all the different places you can buy fanatics, all those. They should make some sort of an exchange program where if you trade Maybe. a jersey or something, you can get a new one. I heard I heard Mahomes thought about things about changing his jersey. I think to five. I think I think I saw, and I he saw could, he could be five anyways though. Two and a couple other people. He could be five before this restriction. He could be number five anyways. No, I know, but I, just to change it anyway. Yeah, for sure. All right, just to finish off, I have a winner, and I think I think I, I think most of you know what it is. My winner's gotta be my New York Knicks, baby. 
eight straight victories. We have launched ourselves into fourth place in the Eastern Conference. We are the hottest team in the NBA. We are balling right now, and we are coming, and we are looking like we are going to be in the playoffs for the first time since 2013. Things are looking up for the Knicks, which you can't say a lot, so you got to enjoy it while it lasts. It's been an incredible streak. Truly incredible. Absolutely. Okay, that is all the time we have today. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Remember to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Make sure to also check us out on Spotify and on all those sites. Hit the like button everywhere and keep hitting it. Tell your friends, tell your family. Okay, that is all the time we have. I'm Jack Assell. With me, as always, Noah Schwartz, Aiden Jart, and Dean Gutek. We will see you all next week when we are live in the studio.